0: Hey, twin sis. Hey, twin sis. Ready to do it? Yeah. Let's do it. Hey, everyone. Hey, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Hey, Twin Sis podcast. You are joined by identical twin sisters, Amy and Sarah. Today's episode of the Hey, Twin Sis podcast was recorded in Litruwita, proudly on Palawa people's country. Both Amy and Sarah's pronouns are she, her hey guys we have missed you all and we have we've been quite busy Sarah especially <laughs> you're probably wondering where we have been yes we've been very quiet we kind of just like stopped yeah just stopped everything really yeah. we stopped the podcast we stopped our Instagram
1: yeah very we've quiet. been
0: very busy yes <laughs> so Sarah do you want to tell us why? the the main reason for, for our little hiatus? Sure. Um, I have welcomed my second little love into the world. I had a daughter born on the uh, 23rd of June. So almost three weeks ago, three weeks ago tomorrow. Wow. That's why, um, Amy and AJ, they did the last podcast that you guys would have listened to. Yes. um, Because I was, it was probably like around my due date. um, Yeah. I think it was like a few days before your due date. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I'm going to sit this one out and just (laughs) rest for a little bit. Um, But yeah, I've since had her and now we're back. Yay. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we, um, AJ, or well, not just AJ, but I intended to do some episodes myself and with AJ as well. But, um, I don't know. I think I got caught up in the excitement of welcoming a new baby into the world, too. I was just like, like we got you can obviously share her story but I was kind of like come on come on come on like I want to meet yeah. you so uh, yeah everything else just kind of got forgotten about <laughs> yeah and you've also had your own little visitor haven't you <laughs> have I you've got oh you had COVID <laughs> oh yeah I did oh my god yes I had the, so, finally yeah, had the spicy cough <laughs> yeah it caught up to you yes it caught up to our whole family, really, actually. Everyone, everybody got AJ's. Yeah, AJ had it, you had it, um, Mark had it, Mum had it. Um, I think I've gotten lucky because I previously had it. Um, yeah. And I think Dad, he's the last one standing. Really. He is. Yeah, <laughs> Dad's the only one that hasn't had it. Yeah. So he's, <laughs> he's waiting to get it. He is. <laughs> that also probably explains why I sound a little bit nasally as well. I'm still. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you yeah. sound nasally. Definitely <laughs> still trying to uh, get over that part of it. I guess. <laughs> so we thought, um, since the birth, um, we would have a special episode dedicated to that. Yes, we wanted to share Sarah's birth story because it was amazing. So, <laughs> do you want to start off and I guess share your story? Yeah, I'll get started. So it's um I'll um go I'll go into detail because I'm sure you guys want all the juicy goss. Yeah, tell us that's, everything. That's, yeah, I'm sure that's why you're listening. <laughs> well, I guess I didn't announce it. I didn't announce um, my pregnancy. Um, so surprised. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> no. so Is I there a reason we'll there? Is there a reason why you didn't announce it? Well, I just wanted it to be special between, you know, Mark and I and and our family. I did tell um, all of, you know, my extended family and Mark's extended family. Yep. Um, and obviously, you know, people see me in the street, they're going to know it's pretty obvious that I'm pregnant. <laughs> um, yes, Yeah. But I didn't, like, post anything on Facebook or anything like that. Um, I just wanted it to be, you know, special in between us. Um, we only want two and now we've got two, so it was, like, our last... Um, you know, pregnancy, I guess, to yeah, share together and yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you told everybody that mattered, so yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone that I wanted to know, we told you, so. yeah, yep, yeah. yeah, um, so yeah, we'll start with that, I guess. Um, surprise, uh, I was pregnant, um, <laughs> <laughs> my due date was the 13th of June, so yeah, pregnancy for me went fine. I didn't really have anything wrong um in pregnancy which is good it was compared to sunny i feel like it was harder and i did like i don't know i got like more sick but i still wasn't like i feel like i really can't complain because my pregnancy was so easy but with sunny i felt like i wasn't even pregnant so with this one it was like you know i felt yeah i noticed it more but it was still like i really can't complain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um and then I started to get what I felt like were like a few you know, a few little contractions. Um, I think it was around like thirty six weeks, and I started to like feel things, and I felt you know things are happening. Do but you it want was to like tell pretty- some backstory first, like, so this is baby number two, but you aren't familiar or weren't familiar with those uh, feelings. So, yeah, my uh, backstory is with Sonny, I had a C-section and it was planned. So I never, I haven't experienced labour before. Um, anything really, like I went to 40 weeks with Sonny and I didn't get any feelings whatsoever that he was coming. I didn't have anything. Um, he wasn't low. I didn't have any contractions. I didn't have any like bloody show, no mucus loss. Not like literally nothing. That's what I mean when I say when with Sunny, I you wouldn't have even, well, I felt like I wasn't even pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So this was all new feelings for me at uh, about 36 weeks. And I was so excited, like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, I'm feeling something I have never felt this before. I feel like things are happening. And that it was like only like really mild though. Yeah. Um, but that kind of kept on until. You know, I got to my due date, got to 40 weeks, the 13th of June, um, and nothing was really like ramping up. I wasn't, I was still having like little feelings every now and then, um, but nothing really. She was pretty comfortable. (laughs) Very comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) And due to having a C-section with Sunny, this time I wanted to have a VBAC, um, which is a vaginal birth after cesarean. And my midwife, Anne, who is the most amazing care provider ever, she was all for it. She's like, yep, let's do it. Um, you're perfect candidate. So she was all on board, and I was like 100% set in my mindset that I was at least going to have a, um, a TOLAC, which is a trial of labour after caesarean. So I was at least going to go into labour. Um, that was my mindset. Yep. Yeah, I obviously knew the risks with a VBAC. I just thought, yeah, I can do it. <laughs> and, so I was going to do it. Um, are the percentages pretty high of VBAC happening or do is it usually once you've had a cesarean, you kind of like will have another one kind of thing? Uh, I'm not too sure about that because a lot of people choose to have another cesarean anyway. So I feel yeah, like yeah. the statistics would be like, I don't know, not Not like fair I guess not accurate yeah because a lot of people choose to just have one and then there are a lot of factors that weigh into people having another one if they do go into labor and all that kind of stuff um yeah so yeah but I guess we'll get into that yes (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah so my midwife she was on board I was a part of the midwifery group practice um I feel like my my story's all over the shop at the moment. That's so I hope right. you guys are following along. <laughs> um, yeah, my midwife w- was amazing. She's like, "Yep, we're gonna do it." So yeah, I got to 40 weeks, um, and the plan all along was actually let's let's back it up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll keep talking about my pregnancy. So I had all the normal scans that you would have. I had the dating scan. I had the 12-week scan and the 20-week scan, and the reason that Sonny was a cesarean was because my care provider at the time told me that Sonny was going to be a big baby, and he was not a big baby. Um, he was very average. Yes, <laughs> that's another story for another day. <laughs> I won't, you know, overcloud this story with that one. Um, so yeah, he was he was not big, but. Um, my midwife was like um we we can book you in for a growth scan at 34 weeks um just to see how big the baby is rah, rah, rah. and i said no i'm not i'm not having a growth scan um, and she was fully on board with me not having one she was just giving me the option and i said no i'm not having one sunny was not big this baby i know won't be big because sunny wasn't big like why do yeah. i need one yeah um I get it. If Sonny was big. Yeah. You know, but he wasn't, he was only three and a half kilos. So yeah. So she was good. She's like, yep, no, that's your choice. Um, don't have to have one if you don't want one, just an option. So yeah, I refused that. Um, and this whole pregnancy, I pretty much advocated a lot for myself. My midwife did too. Um, but I was very headstrong and not afraid to say no to care providers Um, Which I think really helped me with my birth. So, yeah, so back to all the contractions and all that, we got to 40 weeks. um, And I was having some feelings that things were happening, but it was really mild, like not much at all. Um, And the plan was for me to get to at least 10 days over, and then we would look at induction. So that would have been forty one plus three, yeah. That's ten days. Yeah,
1: forty one. Forty one plus
0: three, and then um, you know an induction from there. And the plan was for a balloon induction because that was the safest type of induction with a VBAC. The most chance of getting a VBAC, um, you know, it would be through a balloon induction rather than any other form of induction. Um, so that was the plan but I was just hoping that I would go into spontaneous labor. I wouldn't need to be induced. Um, And then, you know, the days went by (laughs) (laughs) and they went by and went by (laughs) and we got to 41 weeks. I was 41 weeks on Monday and I had an appointment with uh, a different midwife because my midwife actually had COVID, unfortunately. Um, And Yeah, I went and had this appointment and this midwife, she was just as good as my midwife. She, they, all of them are part of the midwifery group practice were amazing and they were all like advocating with me and for me. Um, So, yeah, I went and had a checkup and she said things are definitely happening. Um, My cervix uh, was thinning and baby was lower, but I think that was about it. No dilation or anything? No, I don't think I was dilated then. Um, yeah, that was on the Monday and I don't think I was. Yeah. And, yeah, and then um, I was put on to continuous monitoring um, just for about half an hour um, just to see how things were going, you know, at 41 weeks. I would just want to check, you know, things were okay. And I was fine with that. A lot of intervention I didn't want um, because, the more intervention, the less likely my chance of having a VBAC was. Yeah. Um, And you knew it, like you felt in yourself that there was nothing wrong. So it's not like you were being ignorant or anything. Like you, if you, if you had have thought something was wrong, you of course would have, you know. Exactly. Had the help that they offered, but you knew that everything was fine. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I, you know, baby was moving, everything felt fine. Um, I didn't have anything abnormal happening. Um, by this stage, I had started losing my mucus plug. Um, so that was an awesome sign as well. That was yeah. really good. And, yeah, so um, I was on monitoring and baby was moving around heaps during um, the monitoring, which was so good to see. They were really happy with that. Um, but there was one, one, out of this half an hour period, there was one tiny little um Deceleration of her heart, and they, the midwife was like, "Oh, I'm not too sure about this." Um, she called the doctor, uh, who was at a different hospital. By the way, um, there are two hospitals up here. One of them is the one that I delivered at, and the the hospital that I was at, getting having this appointment was another hospital. Um, so she called the doctor at the hospital that I was delivering at. And the doctor said, yep, come up here just to get checked and bring your hospital bags. <laughs> so, yeah, immediately I was like, oh, my God, what is going on? I have to take hospital bags. I called mum because we had Sunny with us and I'm like, can you take Sunny? And um, then I let you know, Amy, and you were <laughs> at work and you're like, oh, God, I have to leave work just in case, you know, something's happening right now. Yes. Um, so we're all kind of like, you know, action stations waiting. We got to the hospital. And I was put onto monitoring again. And this time I was monitored, I reckon, for an hour and a half. And it was perfect. When it came out, when, you know, they finished, they had two midwives check it and both midwives were like, yep, this is like a textbook CTG. Yeah, they were happy. There was no decels at all. So over a two-hour period of CTG, there was one little heart um, deceleration in total. Um, and the whole time she was moving, I felt her moving. There was no other concerns. So they also had to get the doctor to come in and check me, obviously. And I just thought, here we go. Here we go. This is where I'm going to have to fight my fight. Yes. As soon as the word doctor is yep. uh, is introduced, it just, you know, yeah. I just love Absolutely. to intervene, don't they? <laughs> oh, every midwife I had that was looking after me that whole time were – so good and yeah um and then this doctor came in and it was yeah actually I will say the doctor was nice but she I feel like she just tried to scare me into a lot of things she came into the room um and she checked the the monitoring and she was like yep perfect this looks great and then the midwife said or maybe I said either way one of us said um, that I am a VBAC patient, and as soon as she heard that, her tune just totally flipped. Oh well, this isn't good. Rah, 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 going on about like we need to induce you today. You need to be induced today. You're 41 weeks. You're too far over. You need to be induced. All this crap. And I thought, no. I said, you've you literally said the CTG was perfect before you even knew that I was a VBAC patient, why has the tune changed? Why has it changed? Um, Just makes me so angry. Why? (laughs) They like to play God or something. Like what? Why? Uh, uh, Yeah, I don't know. But I just feel like I'm so lucky that I knew, I know I had done so much research into VBACs and the statistics of everything and the inductions and everything like that, that I was able to stick up for myself and not fall under her pressure because she was like pressuring it. Like you need to be induced today. And she also said that she would induce me with a hormone drip. And I said, no, I said, that is not happening. I said, if you are inducing me today, I am not having hormone. I'm having a balloon. Uh, I was saying to her, like, I know that the rate of rupture goes up To one in 100, if you do the hormone drip, whereas without the hormone drip, it's one in 200. So, why she would even suggest the hormone drip in the first place, I have no idea. (sighs) Anyway, (laughs) (sighs) so she's like just carrying on, carrying on. And I just stood my ground. And every single statistic that she threw at me, I knew, I like said it to her as well. So clearly I'm like, yeah, I've done my research too. And I felt fine. Everything was fine. I don't yeah. know why she was stressing so much because it made me stress. And I just felt like it wasn't good for anyone really. Um, so she's like, oh, how about we go get a scan done to see how much fluids around the baby. And I'm like, all right, I'm happy to do that because, you know, that's also making sure she's okay. And, you know, at the same time, I, I, I know she was fine, but I also, if anything was wrong, I, I'm not stupid enough to not go with, yeah, yeah. you know, what the doctor tells me to do. Yes. But there, oh, anyway. There was nothing was wrong. wrong. Yes. Yeah. There <laughs> so was nothing on paper that was wrong. So why no, was, and she, there was... She, she suggesting all these things? Exactly. Yeah. Why do I need to be induced? For what reason did I need to be induced? Exactly. Apart from that you'd had a C-section previously. Like, it's yeah. just ridiculous. <laughs> But even then, like, like what's the difference, you know? Yeah, yeah. uh, Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So we went and did this scan um, and it came back um, once again perfect. There was the perfect amount of fluid around baby. Um, There there was no lack of fluid or anything like that. So, yeah, um, we went back to the hospital and she was like, so what do you want to do? We can induce you today or um, you'll be induced. Um, I, Yeah, that's right. I was due to be induced. I was booked in for an appointment to be induced the next day. So she wanted me to be induced a day early than what I had an appointment for. Um, because obviously, like I said, the midwife and I had a plan to go 10 days over before induction. So, yeah. So I went back to the doctor and I said no. I'm not being induced today. I said, I have an appointment tomorrow. I will wait until tomorrow and see how I go. And she's like, all right, then. So off we went. We went home. And that night I had, I remember it was about four really strong contractions that woke me up in the middle of the night. And then that was about it. (laughs) (laughs) Then they fizzled. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But that day... So I was 41 and what was I? 41 and 1? Yeah, 41 and 1 on the Tuesday. Yeah, so that day I had um, started to lose my bloody show as well as those strong contractions overnight. So I thought, here we go. Things are going to start now. It's going to (laughs) happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. So come Tuesday night, which is when my appointment to be induced was booked for. My midwife also did say to me for this appointment, she said, you don't have to go. She said, if it comes time and you feel like you don't want to be induced, you don't have to go. So it got to, I think it was like 4.30, um, five o'clock in the afternoon. And I was like, yep, I'm not going. Things are, things are happening. I can yeah. feel things are happening. I'm starting to lose my bloody show. I'm not going. Why do I need to go? when things are already happening on their own. Your body's doing it itself. Doing it itself. Yeah. (laughs) So then on the Wednesday, I was 41 and 2, and this was the day that um, the baby probably would have been born um, if I had been induced the night before. Yep. And would you know it, my early labour started at 4 p.m. on Wednesday, and this is when I started having regular contractions They started at 4pm and they were about 10 minutes apart and they were not like, they weren't painful yet, but they were regular. This was when it started. So, and I was just sitting there thinking, thank God I did not get induced because here we are. Things, things are happening themselves. Yeah, exactly. I would have been induced for no reason. Probably would have caused stress to the baby because she wasn't ready. Yep. Um, and who knows what could have happened? Yeah. So, yeah, 4 o'clock Wednesday um, things started and they just started getting more and more. Um, I started timing them and then they stayed consistent, went to bed that night. They got obviously worse and worse as they do and closer and closer as they do. And then Thursday morning, so I was 41 and 3, so 10 days over, um, Bloody hell. <laughs> um, on Thursday, I had an appointment with my midwife. She was back to work after COVID um, at 9 30 in the morning. And my contractions, I think at this stage, they're about seven minutes apart um, and getting stronger. And yeah, I had my appointment at 9 30 and I was monitored, I think, for about 45 minutes. And literally the whole time I was monitored, not one contraction. <laughs> so I'd gone from 4 p.m. Wednesday until about 9.30 the next day, having regular consistent contractions to once I get to a hospital setting, being monitored, you know. Doesn't that just stop. go to show? Like. Yes. Yeah. As soon as <laughs> yes. you're in that hospital setting. Yeah yeah it's and you're not relaxed and no, no your is like fight or flight and it's like yeah you know, I'm gonna tighten back up and 100%. I'm not having my baby here like <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I've and I know this is why um the m- midwives say to you labor at home for as long as you can yeah because it's yep. where you're the most relaxed totally. as soon as you get to hospital like like it's down you know things slow down yeah um so, yeah, I had an appointment and I was, I think I was like two centimetres dilated. I reckon it was about two. Um, and my midwife did a stretch and sweep and she's like, yep, I, we stretch it to about three. Yeah, to about three centimetres, I reckon. And then I came off monitoring and literally as soon as I stood up and started walking out of the hospital, I had a contraction. God. <laughs> I had to, like, Yeah, I had to stop for a second because I had one. And then after that, so all, all day Thursday, um, they just started getting closer and closer together and getting more and more painful. Um, but they still weren't too bad. Um, you know, I was able to do stuff <laughs> and I messaged you and I was like, come <laughs> around. <laughs> yes. Um, <Hurry> it up. <laughs> things, yeah, things are starting to happen. And I messaged my midwife and said, things are starting to happen. Yeah, so what they were about there? um like six minutes apart, weren't they, when I got to yours? Yeah, yeah. They were about six minutes and then how long were you at ours for? Maybe like an hour? It it was probably about an hour, but it felt like honestly only like five minutes. Yeah, and by <laughs> the time um within that hour they got down to two or three minutes apart. Yeah, it just happened um, like that. <laughs> yeah. And, and I messaged the midwife and was like, yep, it's time to come in. They're about two to three minutes apart. They're staying consistent. Um, they are getting worse, so let's go. So at about 4 p.m., uh, we got to the hospital. So a full 24 hours after my early labour had started, we were at hospital. Can I just stop you for a second? You yeah. said they were getting worse. But can <laughs> I tell you, it looked like you were not in pain in the slightest (laughs) during those contractions. You were just like, yeah, like like it looked like nothing was even (laughs) happening to you. But I but I know what was happening to you because I yeah like I know what it feels like. Yeah. But seeing you go through that. It was like, oh, my God, <laughs> is, she, is she normal? <laughs> it's funny you say that, though, because you were the same. Like, you did not look like you were in pain. Like, oh, so obviously, you felt it. Yeah. You just looked like you were, yeah, you weren't in pain. Like, you handled it so well. <laughs> oh, uh, um, So, yeah, we got to a hospital about um, 4 o'clock. And on arrival, um, they put a cannula in which is part of their protocols um, for anyone who is a VBAC patient. Um, and at first I didn't want one, but then I thought to myself, you know what, don't be stupid. If something happens and there is an emergency, obviously yeah. they need it. So I just yeah. thought, whatever, it's not going to change anything. It's no. just a needle in the arm. Yeah. So it's just I in thought, the arm and it just sat there just in case. So Yeah. I didn't yeah. have anything hooked up or anything. It was just there just in case. So I thought, all right, don't be silly. Um, you know, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I was happy with that. Um, and I was put on monitoring, which I also, I didn't want to be, but I was able to move around with this monitoring. So I was okay with that. If I wasn't able to move around and if I had to stay in the bed, I, I probably would have refused constant monitoring. Um, but once again, being a VBAC patient, um, they... Said that I had to be constantly monitored, so yeah, I was able to move. I was happy with that. And on arrival, I was three centimeters dilated, so not <laughs> not much. <laughs> <laughs> no, not for the amount of time that you were, yeah, no. contracting, and not for how close your contractions were too. Yeah. Like it was a bit surprising. Yeah, you were yeah. only three centimeters. So at four o'clock, I was three centimeters. I um I'm gonna mention the times and the centimeters dilated because I just think it's amazing. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, four o'clock, three centimeters. You know how I mentioned before about when I had my appointment in the morning, my contractions stopped during that monitoring. Yes. Well, when I was at home, like we said, my contractions were two to three minutes apart. But when remember when we got to hospital, um, (laughs) they'd slowed down again to about five five minutes apart. Yeah, and Um, they were a bit more inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah. It was really annoying. Um, But soon enough they, you know, ramped up again. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, I forgot to mention as well that you and Mark were in the um, delivery room um, with me. We were the the crew. Yeah, my support people. (laughs) Amy was the camera lady. (laughs) Yes, I got all All the good angles. (laughs) So yeah, both Amy and Mark were there, um, which was really nice. So yeah, things kept going. Um, Contractions were getting worse, um, and it was all in my back. It was my back was so much more painful than my front. I feel like the front was nothing compared to how painful my back was. Yeah. So at seven o'clock, uh, my midwife said, we'll do another check. Well, it was before seven o'clock, actually. She she said, we'll do a check at seven. But because things were progressing really well, um, my contractions were getting stronger. Um, she was like, oh, we'll just leave it until eight o'clock. Things are fine. Um, got to eight o'clock and once again, she was like, no, nah, things are going cruisy you're doing really good um we'll check it at nine so it came to nine o'clock and she checked how dilated I was four centimeters so (laughs) at at four o'clock I was three centimeters five hours later at nine o'clock I was only one more centimeter dilated that's (laughs) cool By this stage, my water also hadn't broken. So she said to me, are you happy for me to break your water? And I said yes, because I trusted her 100%. Um, and I knew that having my water broken isn't going to um, disrupt or interfere with my chance of a VBAC. That was one thing that wouldn't interfere with it. Yeah. Um, and now that labour had started spontaneously, um, I was in a much better position for a VBAC. So, yeah, 9 p.m., four centimeters. So after that, I just kept laboring um, and, yeah, it was all in my back. I I couldn't sit down. I pretty much just had to stand up and lean on Mark or lean on the bed or um, even sitting on the toilet I felt helped um, because my back was just so sore. So my midwife came in at about 10 p.m., so an hour later, um, and offered me Some water injections into my back. And literally, as soon as she did those injections, the back pain fully went away. Yeah. I had no back pain whatsoever. And I feel like I was able to really feel labor more. um, And I know it sounds weird, but relax into it more. Like it sounds so weird to say. No, it makes sense. Yeah. You weren't, because yeah, you're kind of more tense up. Like yeah. The back yeah. contractions yep. rather than yep. yeah. Absolutely and those water so, can uh, what are they the water injections? Yeah, they from my point of view looked more painful for you <laughs> than like anything else. <laughs> yeah, they they were actually really painful. They yeah. were like stung so bad. Oh. Um there were it was four injections, so um another midwife came in and they did two at a time and it was so painful but it, like it only was only painful for like 2 seconds like yeah. it stung for 2 seconds and then the pain was completely gone um, yeah so oh they were like a godsend <laughs> um so that was at 10 p.m. and then yeah things you know kept going um and i had to go to the toilet again i can i felt like i had to go to the toil- toilet toilet oh, <laughs> I felt like I had to go to the toilet a lot and then I was sitting on the toilet and I said, I feel like I need to push. And my midwife was like, all right, then let's go off off the toilet. (laughs) She got you straight off the toilet. (laughs) So I got off the toilet um, and I, the best position for me was leaning over the bed. Um, I was standing up but like leaning forward onto the bed And these contractions were felt so different to the contractions I'd been having and it was time to push. (laughs) Yes. So I just, I felt like, you know, every contraction that came, I had to push. (laughs) There's no other way to describe it really. Like it was just like the feeling of pushing was. It was happening. You couldn't fight it. It it was happening. (laughs) And then when that feeling went like I, you, you stopped pushing. You yeah, yeah. Yeah, like you know how in the movies they're like they just push. It's like that's not how it happens. Like no. If, yeah. You push when you feel like you need to push and then as soon as that feeling's gone, you, you don't push. stop, yeah. <laughs> you stop, yeah, yeah, and everything feels normal again. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, until you get that pushing feeling. And, and really the pushing feeling to me didn't, the contractions, those ones didn't hurt like the other ones did. Yeah, um, It was, yeah, it was a different feeling. It wasn't like a pain. It was a push. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I pushed for about 25 minutes and at 11.50 Mabel was born. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little Miss Mabel so, was born. Yeah. So we got to hospital at four and I was three centimetres. At nine, five hours later, I was four centimetres. And then less than three hours later I dilated six centimeters and she was born (laughs) isn't that that crazy (laughs) (laughs) I just can't but I honestly do believe it was since having those water injections at 10 o'clock um to her being born less than two hours later because I was able to completely relax into it yeah yeah. I honestly think it was those water injections that that (laughs) that helped yeah yeah isn't that insane and you said you um pushed for 25 minutes yeah which is like nothing but (laughs) when you're there like it it, to me it felt like you pushed for like five minutes yeah it just went so fast yeah it happened so quickly but yeah it was unreal and and not once in my mind did I have any thoughts about rupture or um yeah or anything like that or you know that anything was going wrong um, and I also didn't have any thoughts of, like, I can't do this or I need an epidural or yeah I don't know. I I I just feel like I didn't have those thoughts. Because um, you knew you could do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was no point where I just thought, oh, no, I can't. Or, or even thinking, oh, I, I need to have a C-section because I can't do this. like Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't have any thoughts like that. It was just like. Pain is temporary. Coming out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like it was, I just thought. It's going to be, It'll over, be soon, over soon. be over soon, I guess. Yeah. And I can do... tell you that Anne never, oh, obviously I'm not Anne, so I don't know, but like watching her, I could tell that she had no worries either. Like she never yeah. thought, oh, I don't know, like Sarah might need a bit of help here or like she never had any doubt that you couldn't do it. Yeah. And I think that helped as well. She was so calm and she hardly intervened. Like oh yeah. She, she what just I mentioned that there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What I mentioned of her, um, you know, she checked me twice at how dilated I was and the water um injections. Um, and that was pretty much all she she yeah. did. Like otherwise, she literally just she stood there. Yeah, otherwise she didn't no. like speak to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She just <laughs> let me do it all myself. She was. Which is, I, I feel like she was amazing. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, our little girl's name is Mabel, Mabel Teresa. Um, she was born 1150. She did come out with meconium in the waters, which meant we had to stay in hospital overnight or well, for 24 hours. Um, that's just part of their policy to make yep. sure she's okay. And she was born with a nuchal cord, which just means the cord was um, around her neck and around her body as well it was really long wasn't it it was really um, long cord yeah really <laughs> it long so and much of um it. yeah and she was fine though like she was not in distress whatsoever from the cord being around her neck um i actually race and and when she was born um another thing Anne, my midwife she didn't like panic or anything like no not at all um, so yeah i feel like that helped as well um yeah but I actually read up about nuchal cords after the birth, and they are so common, and they are nothing to be worried about. Um, because, but the baby's not breathing yet. <laughs> no, exactly. I so, think a lot of people do think, like, "Oh my god, the cords wrapped around the neck and yeah, well, baby doesn't breathe." So <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's not restricting any airflow. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's nothing to be worried about there. And yeah, when she was born, obviously, Anne, the midwife, caught her because I was like squatting a bit um, <laughs> and got, you know, got bodily blasted. fluids all over <laughs> Anne. Um, but yeah, as soon as Anne had her, she took the cord from around her neck and passed her up through to me. And um, yeah, then I had I was ho- holding on to her. We got up on the bed after that and delivered the placenta which also was massive it was was so big I feel like it was bigger than a normal placenta yeah Um, yeah and just and and especially the cord like I just can't still can't get over how long that cord was yeah yeah it's so funny (laughs) and I'm pretty sure I remember Anne saying the placenta was big as well yeah she did Um, which I wonder why (laughs) (laughs) I wonder yeah weird (laughs) yeah so after that um just got cleaned up because it was like a, a blood bath. That's um, one thing that people don't tell you about when you oh, give babies, how much yeah. blood there's going to be. There's so much blood, <laughs> blood everywhere. <laughs> yeah, we we just, you know, did skin to skin for a while. Um, I gave her a feed and then you and Mark – um, got her dressed yeah. and cleaned a bit, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and we weighed her. She was born three point nine one zero kilos. Yeah, so she was nine pound, no, eight, eight pound, eight pound ten. ten. Yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> she was a big girl. <laughs> <laughs> so she was bigger than Sunny. Yeah, um, and I did it. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you did it very easily (laughs) yeah (laughs) so yeah after that um, I just had a shower I um, had a minor tear internal um, that didn't require stitches Um, other than that it was all good although I did feel like my (laughs) bum hole (laughs) was where she came from (laughs) I'm not gonna lie it did look like that's where she was coming from (laughs) oh god that's one thing no one told me no No one told me how much your bum hole is affected (laughs) oh my goodness oh boy I do think though probably um was the position I was in as well yeah um, I think so that it was you know oh boy I you know after birth um the first like 24 hours where she came from like didn't like hurt at all or anything but my bum hole I tell you what every time I stood up I felt like I was gonna prolapse oh my gosh so if you're listening to this (laughs) and you labor and deliver you know bending over a bed (laughs) like you're squatting almost prepare your bum Do those pelvic floor exercises.
1: Get your oh, bum hole
0: ready. That's so funny. <laughs> oh gosh. But it's it's fine now. Thank gosh. <laughs> I was able to go to the toilet the next day and <laughs> good. Pretty much back to normal. So. Nothing fell out. <laughs> no, no. No. I um I've had a an awesome recovery too. Um, you know, three weeks tomorrow, I'll be three weeks postpartum. And I feel like pretty much everything is back to normal. Um, my bleeding has stopped. Um, I've been doing pelvic floor exercises every time we feed. And I feel like that's all normal. Thank God, my poor bum hole. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, and, yeah, I don't, like, I don't have any pain um, or anything like that. Yeah. I do feel very lucky that I had such a easy delivery. When I had a midwife appointment after, um, Anne just said to me how beautifully and how amazing, because um, actually at Backstory as well, Anne was Amy's midwife for yes. Frankie and Freddie. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Anne just said how beautifully and how amazing we labour and deliver babies, <laughs> which was really nice to hear. Um, so, yeah, I do feel very thankful and lucky that I had such good um, labor and delivery because I know not everyone does have that yeah um, and I tell you what any day of the week I will have a vaginal birth over a c-section any day of the week even though my c-section was so easy um, because it was scheduled like I didn't have any labor beforehand I wasn't exhausted before it um, anything like that um, so you know it wasn't easier recovery than than what emergency ones are I just feel like any day of the week I will have a vagina birth. <laughs> yeah. As soon as it's done, you can get up and walk around. You can move. Like, you're not stuck in a bed with a catheter in you. Like Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you can go home relatively yeah. soon after, whereas, you, yeah. you know, you have to stay in hospital for like a week or something. Yeah, I think it's like, I think um, at this hospital I delivered, it was like four days. Okay. And with Sunny it was four days at least as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um. yeah <laughs> I would not do that again if I had the choice I would not do that again but yeah. some people do choose to and that's their choice as well you know that's all valid yeah I just I feel so happy and lucky I, <laughs> I just don't have words to describe how amazing the experience was. Um, Are you glad that you got to experience both or do you think that you wish that they were both vaginal because of how good their vaginal experience was or? Yeah I do think well, obviously, I would love to have um, had Sunny vaginally, but uh, I don't. I don't know. I regret not having him that way more so in the fact that I regret not standing up for myself and yeah. putting all of my trust into a caregiver who um, didn't have your best just, interest. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> not at all. Um, so yeah, but um, I don't know. It's funny because when I think like. think about it I'm like oh my god c-section mums are just amazing like having a um vaginal birth I'm just like oh c-sections are horrible (laughs) so I'm like those mums are amazing but then I think wait I did that too yeah (laughs) I don't feel like I did like yeah I don't know it's funny because the mums who have those like hats off to them because seriously they are hard compared to a vaginal birth and I know like all births are different and some vaginal births are traumatic and you know need more intervention like forceps and vacuum and all that kind of stuff they would be um you know horrible recoveries as well um but i didn't have that so i can't really compare to to that yeah um, yeah but yeah i don't know just anyone who gives birth is <laughs> <He's> amazing <laughs> totally oh, no matter what oh way God. it happens <laughs> go through all of that it's yeah it's amazing yeah um, so yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't know how I feel about having both experiences, but it's nice to know what both are like, but I would much prefer um vaginal any day of the week. Yeah. Do you have any tips for people who are about to give birth? Um, I think just relax. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know that sounds weird, but just Don't stress about things. Obviously, if things are going wrong, um, you know, you can't help if things go wrong. But if things are going okay, then just relax into it, feel everything, and just, I don't know, trust yourself. Yeah. I think, yeah, and probably a a big tip for people who um, are going for VBACs as well is to do your research and trust yourself. I know um, some people just can't give birth vaginally which, you know, if you can't, then that's okay. Um, But if you can and you're willing to try, then just trust in yourself. Yeah, Um, You are in charge. Yeah, don't let people scare you into doing stuff that you're not comfortable with um, just because they say so. Yeah. Like if you feel okay, you know, just go with what you feel. Yes, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Intuition is such a big yeah. you know a big, and believe big... believe women like yes but even like even just like when doctors say like how the doctor said to me oh you need to be induced today and I said I feel I don't I don't I feel like I don't need to why didn't she believe me believe yeah you no know, believe people yeah um, yeah people aren't going to purposefully put their child in in, in danger no exactly <laughs> how has Sunny taken to mabel uh, he actually no he's taken to mabel really well um but he hasn't taken to myself very well <laughs> to you so yeah he, <laughs> he wants my attention a lot more um yeah. he wants you know if if we have to change his nappy or whatever he he'll say no daddy mummy I want mummy to change my nappy. Uh, um, Mark pretty much can't do anything anymore. It's it's me. I'm the one who has to do it all. Otherwise, Sunny will be upset. But he isn't showing any of that towards Mabel. Like he yeah. loves her. All he wants to do is kiss and cuddle her. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's more so me that he wants the attention from. Um, so poor Mark. He's a bit useless at the moment. <laughs> but he's trying. He, he offers. Like he always says, Sunny, I'll do it. And Sunny's just. No, doesn't want a bar of, of it. <laughs> no, 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 the poor thing. But he'll, you know, he'll get used to it. Yeah, he will. They, they get used to it. Yeah, he'll adjust. <laughs> it's also, uh, obviously, a lot of my time is spent with her where breastfeeding. So I can't just get up and, you know, tend to Sonny's needs anymore. Yes. Which I would love to, um, but I can't, you know. How was Frankie when Freddie was born? Um, she was good, she was really excited, and I'm um, I think she was like really excited for about a week, and then she acted up a little bit, not nothing yeah. like major. She was just like a little bit went a little bit feral for like I think it was like a week <laughs> or two, and then she was fine. <laughs> oh, she is just obsessed with Mabel. Oh, yeah, she loves Mabel. <laughs> she says. Mummy, you're my best friend, but Mabel is my best friend cousin. <laughs> oh, that is so cute. And she kisses her and she cuddles her. And yeah, she just she's obsessed with Mabel. <laughs> yeah, poor Sonny has been shafted, hasn't he? Oh yeah, very, very quickly. <laughs> poor Sonny. <laughs> I think uh Frankie Will love growing up with Mabel oh yeah yeah she just <laughs> loves tra- babies <laughs> yeah she's gonna treat her like a little doll yes <laughs> so I guess that's my birth story or Mabel's yeah. birth story <laughs> big gal she's finally here <laughs> oh tell me about it <laughs> she made you wait an oh, extra 10 days later. oh yeah Gosh. you poor thing <laughs> But you know in saying that I also um, I don't I feel like you know in pregnancy people are like oh I'm so ready for this baby to be here I um, I don't feel like I ever got like that even though I was 10 days over um, yeah obviously and I obviously wanted her to come because yeah. I wanted to have her yes. but I never got like that exhausted like oh hurry up like yeah kind of Yeah feeling. I don't think you did either cuz you still like you know were doing things normally yeah, yeah, I was like out felt- and about. Whereas I feel like when people, pregnant people, hit that stage in pregnancy where they're over it, they just don't do anything. Like they sit at home and are just like, yeah. get out of me," kind of thing. But you just like carry yeah. on like normal. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I honestly just felt like normal as well. Like I was like, oh well, she'll come when she's ready. So yeah, yeah, I'm happy to wait. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that'll be my last birth story because I'm having no more children after this. (laughs) Are you sure? (laughs) Not just one more? As much as I would love to go through that experience again because I do think it was amazing. Um, Yeah, no, no more. Yeah. two's enough. enough. (laughs) Yeah. I'll put a picture of Mabel on our Instagram so you guys can see her. Share her with the world <laughs> <laughs> now that it's finally out in the open. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and if you guys have any questions or anything about Mabel or the birth or anything, um, or even just like VBACs or anything, hit us up, send us a question and we'll answer it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think your story was a very empowering story and very inspirational for people who are pregnant and want to have a V back or even just have a vaginal birth yeah even um, people who just don't want to be induced as well yeah that too so yeah I feel like honestly that that day that I saw that doctor was the worst day um, of my whole pregnancy my whole pregnancy was fine there was not one time in that whole pregnancy where anything like that came up it was that one day um, and it just it, it did um even though I stood up for myself, I still feel like it really made me question like should I do this? Like there was, you know, we had Mark and I had a good like 2 hour wait before I had that um the scan to check the fluid, um and we were just talking the whole time like should I wait for the induction tomorrow or should I just do it today and get it over and done with? And there was honestly we were going like back and forth and one stage I was like well we may as well just do it today you know what's a day gonna hurt and then you know we'd be like oh well let's just wait for tomorrow just in case and then by the end of it I'm so glad we waited because the next day I was like yeah I'm not doing it yeah yeah (laughs) I don't need to so um good yeah I'm so glad we waited and I feel like if there was like an urgency to get her out of you they would have, like, really pushed for it. Yeah. Like, they wouldn't have given you a choice kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, obviously, they weren't too worried. No, no. Yeah, it was just, it was honestly just that one doctor. Yeah. Even when I was in labour and got to the hospital, um, the doctor who was on came and saw me briefly, and she was so good. She was like, yep, everything's fine. She literally was, like, saw me for two seconds. Yeah. And after the fact, um, when I saw my midwife just for a checkup, she was telling me that the doctor who was there at the delivery was a lot more experienced and comfortable and had had people um, who had had VBACs, whereas the doctor who was trying to induce me wasn't very or wasn't as experienced as this doctor. Um, probably because she didn't, like, allow yeah. women the opportunity to, to have a big yeah, back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> also, um, a really cool a fact, I guess, my midwife, I was her, my, so my midwife, Anne, she's been a midwife for, God, years. <laughs> years. <laughs> years and years and years. But before coming to Tassie, she worked in Adelaide and the hospital she worked at didn't allow VBACs. If you'd had a C section, you were having another C section. That's so sad. Which is so sad because it takes that choice away. Yeah. That's it. That's all it is. Just that choice of being able to say yes to a VBAC or no to a VBAC. Like, yep, absolutely. So since coming to Tassie, she'd only had three VBAC patients, me being one of them, and I was her first successful VBAC. And she told me the other two women, who had had failed, v- failed VBACs were induced. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the stats don't lie. <laughs> no, they don't. So I really do just feel for those women who haven't done the research or, you know, don't know what to research. Or, yeah. or even were um, just pressured into, yeah. into yeah. A, a, you know, a choice that they might not yeah. have made if there wasn't that pressure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I feel feel for those women. So should we I guess wrap the birth talk up? Yeah. Let's yeah. move on to the would you rather? So I've come across a would you rather that I think will probably be hopefully difficult for you to answer. That's always my goal when I <laughs> come up with would you rathers is I want Sarah to have to really think about this one. Yeah. <laughs> You are very good at picking would you rather. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, Sarah, would you rather hear a comforting lie or an uncomfortable truth? Oh, I think I'd prefer an uncomfortable truth. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think I'm more um, happy with people telling the truth. And it being like blunt, you know, and and yeah. and it, if it hurts me, I'm like, well, doesn't matter. At the least truth. it's like, honest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I'd rather that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I what have to you? agree with you on that one. I had a lot of lies told to me when I was younger by an ex boyfriend, and they were at the time like I knew that they were lies, but they were comfortable lies. Uh, yes, and I hate that so yeah. I, I'm with you on that one. Uncomfortable truth, yeah, I would, yeah. I, no matter how much it hurt or whatever the heck it is, yeah, I would rather the truth than a lie, yeah, me too. And I'd rather, um, tell people the truth, yeah. than a lie, yeah, you know, if I there's a uh, friend that I had, and no one liked her boyfriend, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. But he was a dick to her, (laughs) an absolute dick, and we all told her because she was our friend and we're like, we're not going to sugarcoat it and lie to you and say he is great. Yeah. When he's he's not. So we told her the truth and, yeah, it might have been harsh, but, you know, it was. It's better than a lie. Exactly. So, yeah, (laughs) yeah. 100%. Yeah. What would you guys, would you guys rather hear a comfortable lie or an uncomfortable truth? Let us know. Yeah. Well, this has been a fun episode. It has. It's <laughs> kind of like a, a bit of a bonus episode because. We, yeah, it is. Yeah, we, um, we haven't done our like normal segments and stuff, but we just really wanted to share Sarah's birth story with everybody. So we hope you've enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. I mainly wanted to tell it before I forgot it. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> so I could, you know, listen back and be like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, it's nice to share it with everyone, though. And and it's nice to, like, I know I've said this, like, heaps of times already, but it's nice to share and just show, like, if you are empowered and advocate for yourself, what can happen. Um, totally. Yeah. <laughs> so it's nice to share that. Yeah. Yep. It's nice to share baby Mabel with all of you. As yes. Well. <laughs> yeah. She's so beautiful. <laughs> I will also say that Sarah was so far overdue and we tried so many um like ritual it probably isn't the right word, but like superstitious <laughs> things. Yeah. Uh, uh, to to, you know, try and get Sarah into labor. And the only thing that worked was me getting my nails done <laughs> oh yes <laughs> so with Freddie I was a week overdue and the day that I went into labor I was so over it I was just like whatever I'm sick of waiting I'm just gonna go and get all this stuff done <laughs> so I went and got a spray tan when got my nails done and then I went into labor Good timing like, yeah like a few hours later <laughs> Yeah. So, so, yeah, I went and got my nails done and next minute, Mabel's born. <laughs> so, if anyone is listening and they want to go into labour, yeah,
1: they can done, and
0: I'll go get yeah. my nails done. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> well, guys, as always, you can find us on Instagram at, at heytwinsis.com where you can interact with us. We like to make it as interactive and fun as possible over there. We are also available on all podcasting platforms on Spotify. You can leave us a rating now. So head on over, give us a follow, leave us a rating, and click the little uh, little notification bell so you'll be notified when we upload, which is every Thursday at 6 a.m. In the spirit of reconciliation, the Hay Twin podcast acknowledges the, the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. The Hay Twin podcast promotes the continuation of cultural, spiritual and educational practices of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. The content discussed in the Hay Twin podcast is that of our own opinions. Well, guys, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening in. Thanks for being patient. Yes. I'm so sorry as well if my audio is not very good. I am, have been feeding Mabel this whole time and you've probably heard her in the background too. So No, she's done very well. <laughs> Apologies in advance. Well, I guess after the fact. Yes. <laughs> well, we'll see you uh, next week. On another episode yeah. where we will we'll be, be back. We'll be back. We'll be back and rearing, ready to go on some new topics. If there's anything that you want us to talk about, head on over to our Instagram and let us know. We would love to talk about whatever you want to hear or whatever you want to listen to us talk about. <laughs> See you guys. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.